Come on, we're on a series of lessons called A Man in Christ. I'm really excited. We've been going eight weeks. This is nine weeks. Come on, everybody. Uh, are y'all with me, tracking with me on this series? We, we've been digging deep. We've got several more weeks that we're going to go. And uh, this has been our whole summer series about finding out who we are, who he is, and now, and now what Christ has done for us in his death, burial, and resurrection. We haven't quite gotten to that point yet. We really spent many, many, many weeks talking about spirit, soul, and body. So by way of reminder, would you just look at the screen and make this confession with me? Come on, say it with me. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. You're not a body. You're not a body. You are a spirit made in the image and the likeness of God. You were known by God before you were known on the earth to your parents. God always had a plan for you. You were known from eternity past. God caused you to be born at the time, at the city, in the place, in the location, whether you knew your parents or didn't, whether you're orphaned or not, whether everybody left you, whatever. God's got a plan for your life, and you need to realize that I am a spirit. I have a soul, a mind, will, emotions, intellect, thinking, reasoning, capacities, and I live in a body. I'm not a body. I, the spirit man, I, you, the spirit person, you live in a body. You live in a body. So since that is true, scripturally, we found out from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Since that is true, let's make this confession. We haven't said this yet. Here's our confession. Number one, come on, read it with me. I feed my spirit. Come on, say it with me. I feed my spirit. I renew my mind. I discipline my body. Since it is true that you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body, you make up your mind to feed your spirit. Just like you feed your body so your body stays strong, you feed your soul so your soul, your mind, will, emotions, intellect gets educated in school. That's what school's about. That's what going to classes is about. That's what's increasing in your, in your uh, business or your, your, your work environment's all about. That, 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 that's what you do. You, you, you feed your spirit now. The word of God, prayer. You read godly books. You, you feed your spirit. You renew your mind. You make your mind think in line with the word of God. How do you do that? When you read the Word of God and it gets in your heart, when crazy thoughts, as Pastor Kimberly said, the confusion starts coming, the noise of the world starts coming, all of a sudden you realize that's not who God said I was. That's not God's purpose for my life. My renewed mind is combating that thought, so I take that thought captive and I'm going to make it obey Christ. Amen. Come on, right? So, so, so I feed my spirit. I, 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 renew, I, I renew my mind. And then I got to discipline my body. The great apostle Paul said, I discipline my body. If I don't, it'll be a castaway. My body, my, if I let my body do whatever it wants to do, my body has tendencies. My, my feelings or my emotions, my, my sinful desires have tendencies that don't line up with the word of God. So Paul says, I discipline my body daily. I'm going to make my body my slave. What's he saying? I, Paul, the spirit man, am in control over my body. So cookies and ice cream, I bind you in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. How many of you know, how many know that's a tough bind? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. <laughs> All right. So last week, what we did was that we looked at the, really who we are when we're born into the, into the world. I want to tag on this one more time because a lot of times we don't talk about it. 
And, and a lot of times you're going to see, a lot of times maybe some of y'all been raised in church and all they ever did was talk about what you're not, sin and the, all that, and, and, and never talked about who you are now in Christ. And so in our church, we want to talk about more because of God's grace and the blood of Jesus and who Jesus now is in his death, burial, and resurrection, who you are. But, but if you're not careful, and if we're not careful, we'll get so full of that that we'll not remember where we were. I think it's good to look back and go, I remember where I were, and I don't want to go back there and find out what God has actually delivered us from. I think it's important. Now, what we said last week, and by way of reminder, uh, is this. We're not born good. The scripture tells us that. We're actually born spiritually dead, away from God, separated from God. This is who we were, everybody, when we're born in the earth. After the fall of Adam and Eve, remember, Eve was deceived. Adam willingly partook of the fruit. After that fall, we then witness in Genesis the effects of that sin, that separation. They had a couple of kids, you remember, Cain and Abel. And you remember what happened to those brothers? Cain actually murdered his brother Abel. The effects of sin, nature, in those boys. It wasn't in Adam and Eve when, when God made them. It was passed on to them. And we see the effects. They actually, he actually murdered his brother. And then we see crazy stuff in the book of Genesis, all throughout the book of Genesis, all throughout the rest of the Bible. We see crazy stuff that people did to one another because of this that we're talking about. Sin nature that was passed from Adam to all of us. We'll read the scripture in a moment concerning that. So we've said this several weeks, or two weeks at least, that being spiritually dead doesn't mean we can't get to God but that we got to get to God the way God prescribed that we get to him. We, there is a prescription for man to get to God. It's, and we spent a great deal of time talking about it, and we'll talk about it again because I think it's, I think it's important, is that we're talking about a sin nature. So when you hear me say that, what I'm saying again one more time is that is that the nature inside every single person. I mean, my beautiful, I've got four beautiful granddaughters and an awesome grandson. And you're just thinking about the granddaughters, you know, beautiful and so sweet and so, so kind and yet sinner. And you all, we all would see that from time to time, right? You'd see it, but then you go, oh, you know, they're really not. No, they really are. They really are. That's the nature. That's the nature. It can be hidden. It can be nice and closed. You can pull the hair back, and, and they, they could be sweet. But inside, in, in their nature, being born in the earth is a sinner in, in need of a Savior. So, so I would say this, and I'll I, I tread lightly here. But we really don't have a mental health crisis. We've got a spiritual health crisis. We see the ramifications of it, the mental health stuff. We see, we see all kinds of stuff, in California especially. Come on, we all know this. But really, the root is spiritual crisis. That, that's, that's, that is the root. That, that is the root. And so when, when we talk about a man or a woman being in Christ, we've got to appreciate and we've got to value where we all came from. 
it's, it's, it's important, I think. Again, I think it's very important. Uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says this. Come on, read it with me. Come on, one, two, three, read. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Is all all? Yeah, all, all's all. All's all. So, so again, the, the, everybody has fallen short. Everybody has sinned. Everybody has fallen short of the glory of God, the standard of righteousness with God, every human being. And the only remedy that we find from the scripture is that the sin nature is removed when a person decides to make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life and become born again. Listen to me, not just saying yes to Jesus, but listen to me, saying no and repenting from that life and that lifestyle. It's not just adding Jesus so I get a get out of jail quick card when I go to heaven. No, no, no. It's, it's I'm renouncing that life and that lifestyle, and I'm saying yes to Jesus. That now the repentance then that I did, you know, me 43 years ago, r- really that stuck. Uh, now I don't have to repent that way again, but my life is continually a life of repentance. Where, where my life, where I see it didn't line up with God. So, Father, forgive me. Not that I need to get born again, again, and again, and again. No, no, no. I was born again once. You, my nature got changed. But the propensity in me and you is sometimes to sin. And that's why the remedy is we confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Come on, somebody say amen in the house. Man, man. So, so last week we talked about the, the lasting effects of sin and lawlessness and transgression and iniquity and all those, can we just call them ugly words that we see in the scripture? We see the effects and the stronghold and the propensity to want to do something and, and the trespass. The sign says no trespassing, but I'm going to do it anyway. All of that is in our old nature in our sin nature, Paul would talk about it this way, in our carnal nature, that left unchecked, it will keep popping up in your life. I I said this before many, many times. Uh, There was a brother years ago in church, and this brother, you'd get around him, he would quote the Bible. I mean, this brother was like memorizing chapters, and he'd be talking about stuff in Ezekiel and Isaiah and Jeremiah. He'd be quoting scriptures. We'd pray. Several times I was with him and a group of other guys praying, and he was just boom, boom, like, like, like he wasn't just praying in tongues. Come on, I believe in praying in tongues. You need to pray in tongues. He was praying. He was praying English scriptures, scripture, scripture, saying stuff. So sometimes I just kind of like listen to him praying, going, I ain't never read that before. So the, the word, he didn't have a problem knowing what the word said. The problem was he didn't do what the word said. And the brother was addicted. He was an alcoholic. And the brother didn't finish his course and he died early. I believe the brother. I believe the brother's in heaven. I have no reason not to believe. So he loved Jesus, but there was a disconnect. There was a disconnect between me living it out, living it out. That the flesh nature, the carnal nature, his old man kept jumping on his back. So why are we teaching who you are in Christ? Because I want to get the old man off your back and keep him off. 
But before we get there next week, let's find out who we are this week or who we were. Come on, everybody. So, so uh, we said this last week, I think, just by way of reminder. Uh, this nature, this old man, this old woman, this old nature, uh, it can't be re rehabilitated. It, therapy won't change it. Therapy doesn't change this. It can't be medicated, no pill, no shot. And it can't be re-educated with classes out of a man. It doesn't mean that there's nothing. There's, it doesn't mean there's no benefit to re rehabilitation and rehab and therapy. It doesn't mean there's not any benefit to, to a pill or a shot. Does not, does not, not what it means. It doesn't mean I, I don't need to think right. But I'm talking about the sin nature. The sin nature that is the root of the man's problem. It's not a pill. It's not new education. It's not a thought. It, 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 it can't, can't be just if you do this long enough. Come, come on, if you eat right for three weeks, then, then you, 20, all you need is 21 days. Booyah. I ate right for 21 days and 22 days came around and I chipped and I dipped and I ice creamed and I tacoed. And I said, hey, come on, come on. So here's what you know is that the decision to live right is a daily decision. Come on, everybody. It's a daily decision. Uh, uh, so, so again, the, the, this Adamic nature, just setting the page where we want to go for a few moments this morning. The Adamic nature can only be superseded by a power that's greater than sin. The Adamic nature inside all of us, we'll read the scripture in just a moment, inside all of us before Christ, the, the only way to get that out is, is for a power to supersede that that's greater than that sin nature. And we're going to find out what that is. In, in Luke chapter 18, a guy came to Jesus and actually called him good master. He said good master and he started asking him a question. And so Jesus stopped the brother right there in, in Luke 18 verse 19. Here's what Jesus said to this brother. Look at this. He says, why do you call me good? No one is good but one and that is God. Why do you call me good? So what Jesus is saying is, if you call me good, listen, you're calling me God. And I don't think that's really what you mean. You really aren't calling me God. But I am good. I am good. We know this in Romans chapter 3. We read a scripture a moment ago. Romans 3.12 says this, no one is good. Not, not one is good. No, not one. No one's good. No human is good. Not one. This brother comes to Jesus. Why do you call me good? No one's good but God. So you're calling me God, which you're not, but you're calling me God because you, you are saying, I'm good. The only goodness we find in the earth with anyone is in Christ. Let's talk about it. When I see from Romans chapter 3, verse 12, there is none who does good, no, not one. Two things. Look on the screen quick. No man is born good enough to be right with God. No man is. Man is born a sinner. God is holy. No one is born holy to have relationship with God. We can get to God to be born again, to have a new nature, but we're not born right with God. The ability to be right is there based on confession and repentance, but no one just gets gifted that. That's number one. The second thing that we see is that there is no amount of good activity that can make any man or woman right with God. You can't do enough. You can't act enough. You can't be kind enough. You can't work your way to being right with God. The scriptures are saying 
no amount of good deeds that in every religion, they try to get you to do something to be right with their God. That is not Christianity. You brought nothing to the table. You cannot do one thing to make your life perfect and holy before God. It's by him, by grace alone, by and through the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, are there works outside activity that accompany your faith? 100%. Those don't make you right. Those prove you are right. Those show you are right. Why do you, let's talk about, why do you give 10%? Why do you be generous? Why, why do you take a portion of your money and give? Because I'm right with God, and this is proving I'm right with God, and I trust his word. Why do you visit the orphans? Why do you go to missions trips? Why do you support Jim going there when you're not going? Why are you taking some money from your table and giving it to somebody that you don't know? Because I believe missions is important and that people need to hear the gospel and the gospel needs to go around the world. Why, why do you support the widows? Why, why do you do that? Why do you show kindness? Because God's changed my life and I want other people to experience the very life and change in my life. Come on, everybody, right? But it doesn't save me. It displays me. No amount of good activity can make a man or a woman right with God. Man, you can't do anything. You can't, no right action. No, 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 no enough of that. I, I've said this before, but uh, 1983, I was in between first and second year in Bible school. I was a 23-year-old kid. Went down to Guatemala for, for the entire summer. So that's where I learned my Spanish. And uh, that's a joke. That's a joke. Didn't stick. <laughs> Por qué? Uh, I got taco. That's it. Yeah. I got plantains. I got plantains down there. And so uh, I saw something I'd never seen before. We were in Quetzaltenango. Guatemala City is a, is a capital city. And we were in Quetzaltenango, which is about three hours away. And we would sometimes go to the city. Uh, we had to go to Guatemala City. And, and there was this one huge Catholic church. And I saw something I'd never seen in my life. Many, many of you probably have. There were people walking on their bloodied knees and bloodied hands, walking on the streets, walking kneeling up, up the stairs, every stair that they would stop and pray. And, and they were walking, you know, just traversing to get to the top of these stairs, proving their works before God to be made right and for their sin to be absolved. Listen to me. We might not do it here, but somehow we think that if I do this, God's going to make me right. If I, if I act this way, it's just action, and it's just thinking right, and it's just, uh, we're all good. We're just kind of morally good. No, the Scripture says you're not morally good. There's not one good. Not, no one's good. Not one. So, so we need to understand and think in line with the Word of God that when we come into this earth, we are away, we are separated from God. Isaiah says this. Look at this Scripture, Isaiah 64, 6. But we are all like an unclean thing. And all of our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. All of us. We are all like an unclean thing. The, the, the Living Bible says this. Look at this. Pretty graphic. We are all infected and impure with sin. Infected and impure. We put on our prized robes of righteousness. We find they are but filthy rags. 
We put on our prized robes. We're doing this and, and we're okay and, and, and this will make me right with God. He says, no, no. We're all infected. We come to the earth. We're infected. We're impure with sin. All of our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. Filthy rags, the translation is actually this, soiled undergarments, stained, dirty. Get, get, get the picture. We all get that, what undergarments are. Get the picture. That's our righteousness before God. That's what he says. This is why we needed Christ. This is why he came. So that we could have relationship with a holy, pure, and righteous God who desires as a father to continually pour his love and his acceptance and his joy and his forgiveness and his peace and his grace and his mercy and his kindness and his loving generosity continually to you, not by what you do, but by who you know. Who you know. Here's the scriptures we read last week. One of them, let's give you a new one. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man, that's Adam, sin entered the world. Entered the world. Sin came through one man, and then death through sin. Death means separation, spiritual death through sin. Thus, death spread to how many men? All men. Because all sinned. All sinned. Then verse 18 of that, Romans 5, 18 says... Through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Again, we've said it, if you've missed it already, this sin nature that began in Adam has passed to me and you. It's passed to everybody since Adam and Eve initially sinned. It passed to Cain and Abel. We saw the, 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 the awful results of what happened in that relationship. And it's been passed on from generation to generation, from millennia to millennia up until now. Listen, this is the condition of the human race estranged and separated from God. So by the way, if the human race is estranged and separated from God, no wonder we see people doing crazy stuff. No relationship with God, no morality with God, no, 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 no heart that desires to please God, no nature on the inside giving them the impetus and the ability to do what's right before God. The nature is separated from God, sin nature overwhelming them, the flesh, the carnality inside man that leads them astray. And listen, we're going to read a scripture, unless you think, you think otherwise, the scripture actually says, this was everybody, you and me included. It's just not them, this was all of us. We could always probably see somebody that was way, way crazy, way, way did some he, you know, heinous crime and, and, and whatever, whatever you're thinking about, hurting people, destroying people, stealing from people. And you say, well, I never did that. But what we know, sin is sin. And all of us, me at the top of the food chain, are guilty, in need of a Savior. So this is why, this is why we see this problem continually in society. Because we try to medicate it, we try to educate it, right? We, we, try, to, we try to school it out of people, we try to just, just some therapy, and, and that doesn't change the nature. You, you, do you know again that you can think right, you can, you, 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 can, you can have a life that looks right and still go to hell? It's not just about the outside again. What we found out is that 
Man works from the outside. God works from the inside. So he says, if you'll get a new nature, if you'll get a new identity, if you'll let Christ be the center of your life, your life will be worked out from the inside out, not from the outside in. Amen, everybody? Now, now, what we see from this scripture that we read just a moment ago, again, from look at real quick, I think we still got up there, Romans 5, 18, through one man's offense, trespass, that's Adam, what came? Judgment came to all men. What was the result? The result was condemnation. So here's what we see is that mankind, mankind is under the penalty, living under the penalty and condemnation of unrepented sin. Living under the penalty, living under the choice of condemnation, guilt, inferiority. <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't be right with God. And, and there was, the, the remedy is repenting of your sin. The, the remedy isn't do something good. The remedy isn't try to be better. The remedy isn't just take the course and think different thoughts. The remedy is repent of your sin, make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, and that will be the seed that grows and the root that takes hold and fruit that produces in your life to a right and righteous lifestyle. Come on, amen, everybody? So the Apostle Paul, listen, this is his game, if I can say it that way. This is what he's doing from church to church. And this is what he's writing in his epistles. He's coming from the foundation of this is who you were, and this is who you are now since you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And that flesh nature and that carnal nature, if you're not careful, it'll try to come back up on you. That old man will try to jump on your back. Those old thoughts will try to dominate your mind. You've got to do something. You've got to feed your spirit. You've got to renew your mind. You have to discipline your body. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I can have what God says I can have. I can go what God says I can go. I can be who God wants me to be. I don't care what it looks like right now. I am going to be what that word says about me because that's what you did for me in Christ. So I'm, I'm not the same guy just washed up. No, Romans, we, 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 we've read this time and time again. Second Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anybody is in Christ, he's a new creature. Come on, new creature, new kind of being, never before existed. Old things passed away. Everything's become new. Where? On the inside, in the inside. Everything's passed away. I'm not that guy. I'm not that alcoholic. I'm not that drug dealer. I'm not that abuser. I'm not that luster. I'm not that pornographer. I'm not that liar. I'm not that perjurer. That's not me anymore. That was me, but now I'm in Christ. That is the sin. That is my sin nature. I am no longer identifying with that nature any longer. Can I, come on, help me out a little bit this morning. Amen, everybody? Yeah, yeah. So I've got to change. This is my part. That's who I am. That's who I am. Now I have the ability to work it out. I got to work it out. Paul says this in Philippians chapter 2. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. He saved you. He put it in you. Now you get it out of you. You think right. You act right. You be right from the foundation of I made you right. Is that all right, everybody? Come on. Come on. Is that all right? Ephesians 2, let's, let, 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 let's, let's start circling the airport. We ain't landing yet, but let's circle the airport. Ephesians 2, verse 12. Paul tells the church here in the book of Ephesus that this is true for both the Jews and the Gentiles. No one is exempt. 
Here's what he tells them in chapter 2, verse 12. At that time, you were without Christ. There was a time that everybody was without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Strangers from the covenants of promise. Having no hope and without God in the world. Listen, the the implications of this are staggering. He lists five things that I've got that we'll just break down just for a second concerning this verse, that we all, at that time, you were without Christ. This is every man, every woman, every person we've talked about ever born on the earth. You came into the earth without Christ. Not just just we see in the Old Testament that, that Abraham and all them brothers back then, Noah, they received God, they received Christ by faith. Christ hadn't come yet, but they were working out, believing, trusting what God said for them, the plan of redemption for their own life even back then. Hence why Noah listened to God and built a boat. Him and his whole family got saved. He worked out what God worked in. He believed what God said. Back then, that was counted as righteousness. Now we're just not doing deeds. Now we're believing in the one that removed sin for us, Jesus Christ. And so it tells us here, number one, we were without Christ. This is everybody. Thought number one, we're without Christ. That's what he tells us. We're at, we were without his life, without his light, without his redemption. All in our lives. Didn't have it. Didn't have it. No light, no life. Alive on the outside, dead on the inside. Scripture tells us that. The second thing Paul says is that we were without spiritual resources from God's kingdom. He calls the word, he calls it commonwealth. We had no acceptance. We had no forgiveness. We had no peace. Had no joy. Nothing. Nothing that was afforded and paid for, we had access to. An old nature can't have access to a new nature promises. When you get the new nature, you get everything that nature gives you. Joy, direction, help from God, angelic help comes to a man or a woman in Christ. Third thing he says, you had no access to God's covenant. You had no access to God's covenant protection blessing. You're on your own. You make, come on, that, 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 that ground's going to be hard for you continually. There ain't no favor. There's no favor. There's no mercy. There's no, there, there, there's no joy. There's no kindness coming to you. Everything you're doing, everything you're doing will be on you. <laughs> Natural man, carnal man, fleshly man. But this is not so for the man or the woman in Christ. He says, well, you, you guys were without hope for the future. No hope for the future. We talked about this morning. Sang all morning. You're depressed. You're dark. You, you, you're living in despair. You're dissatisfied. You got no peace. No hope. This is who we were. And then he just simply says, icing on the cake, you're without God in the world. You're in the world, no God. No God. There's no God. No God for you. You are your own God. You're doing your own thing. There is no supernatural help living for, going for a man or a person who does not know Jesus Christ. In fact, on the contrary, something worse is going on. Let's read about it as we start concluding. Ephesians 2 verse 2 says this. You once walked according to the course and the ways of this world. You were under the sway and the tendency of the present age, according to the prince of the power of the air and the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. This is the course. This is the trajectory. 
This is the direction of every man or woman who does not know Christ. Listen to me. Looking cool, driving cool, got the car, whatever the car is, the house, whatever the house is, on the yacht, on the thing, IG, influencer, bunch of likes, bunch of followers. They don't know Christ. They're under the sway and tendency and force of the wicked one. Why would you, young person, older person, desire anyone to be like that for your life? This is not the course, Ephesians 2, 2. This is not the direction. This is not the trajectory of the person that's in Christ. You are no longer under the sway. You are no longer under the dominion. You no longer are under the lordship of the prince of the power of the air. No longer under the lordship. No longer under the dominion. No longer under the authority. Listen to me. You no longer have to be under the influence. You are in the world. You're not of the world. So what you look at, what you lean into, what you desire will affect what's influencing you. What you drink will influence you. Will influence you. So he says, you have to come to me and realize continually who you are, what I provided for you in my death, burial, and resurrection so that you can withstand the influence. The scripture says this, in the last days, Jesus said this in Matthew 24 or 25, I think it is. He said, in the last days, even the elect could be deceived. Under the sway of pressure, under the sway of of confusion, under the sway of depression and darkness in the world, giving up hope, giving up, just all of a sudden, born again on the inside, but all of a sudden allowing other influences to come and penetrate your life that then lead you off and wind up believing something, doing something, acting in a way contrary to the nature and the call of God on your life. Come on, it ought not be so for God's people. Can I get an amen? Doesn't mean we don't sin. Doesn't mean we don't miss our, you know, miss it. Doesn't mean we don't, we haven't leaned in or, or been open to it and got off track for a while. But listen to me this morning. I just sense a warning for the Spirit of God for maybe somebody in the room, maybe somebody online, maybe somebody over in the family lounge. Get on track. These days are short. These days are destined for you to fulfill the will of God. That's why you're born here. That's why you're living here in this time. Not to be swayed, not to be, n- n- not to be taken off course, as Paul said, and become a castaway. And not fulfill the purpose that God had for your life. That's why he says in verse 3, read it with me again, Ephesians 2, 3. All of us who lived among them at one time, we gratified the cravings of our flesh. We followed its desires. We all did. We followed its thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. This was what we deserved. We left God. We didn't follow God. We didn't fulfill His purpose for our life. We were doing our own thing. By nature, we deserve God's wrath. All of us. Because of sin. Sin has to be punished. There can be no connection with God unless there is a punishment for that sin nature. And how many of you glad Jesus did that for us? Come on, somebody say amen. If you hadn't said amen and clapped your hands, that's a good place to clap today.
I love what John says. John says this in 1 John 3, 5, and you know that Jesus came to take away our sins. You know it. You know it. He came to take away our transgression. He came to take away our iniquity. He came to take away our sin nature. He, he, he came to take away that trespass. That's why he came. That's why he came. Hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. John was close to Jesus. He was a guy out of the, you know, Peter, James, and John had the 12 and the three. And he was the one that laid his, you know, his head on Jesus' chest there. Last night, Jesus was around on the earth. Just seemed like John was closer. John actually, he calls himself, John writes in, in, in his gospels, right? He calls himself the beloved apostle, the one that he loved. No, no, nobody else does. Nobody else calls himself that. But his brother had, had it going on, a revelation Jesus, he loves me. Come on, he, come, he just flat out loves me. How about you get that revelation all week long? Jesus just flat out loves me. I don't got to do nothing to get him to love me. He just loves me. He loves my quirkiness. He loves my, he just loves me. And let that be a motivation for you when you go to the word, you go to prayer. God wants to spend time with me. Man, what a great joy that the, the, the God of eternity, God of heaven, wants to hang out with me in the morning when I'm drinking my coffee. Wants, wants me to talk to him when I'm going to work. Wants me to, wants me to check in all during the day. How, how we doing? You want me to do something? How we doing? Just, just a moment. I mean, it's just like me and PK sending texts to each other. How you doing? Need anything from the store? I'm coming home. You know, just checking in all day. Being sensitive in your heart all day. God, what do you want to do in my life? Where, where are you leading me right now? You know that Jesus came to take away your and my sins. And John says, he who has a son has life. He who doesn't have the son does not have life. The only way to have life, the only way to be right with God is through the son, Jesus Christ. When we understand our original condition, we can be more excited about why Christ came and what it really means to have everlasting eternal life and to live as a man or a woman in Christ. Listen to me. Don't take it lightly. Don't take it as something, something that, that, that is a, 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 non, a non-issue or a, not that big a deal. No, no. The only way you and I will ever spend eternity with God Almighty, everlasting life, isn't based on works you do isn't based on coming to church or checks that you've written to, to, to the kingdom of God. The only way that makes you right with God is a person receiving the person, Jesus Christ. Amen, everybody. Come on, stand up. We've been sitting for a while. Let's stand. Father, all over the room, we bow our heads, we close our eyes. And come on, just ask yourself the question this morning, am I right with God? Not have you joined a church, not have you been baptized, not have you walked the aisle, not have you written a card, not did you say a prayer, prayer, you know, youth camp, or, or not, not were you baptized or sprinkled or, you know, at birth. No, no. Have you made a conscious decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? And if you have, Scripture says, good, good, you're saved, you're born again. But if you haven't, today, all over the room, we want to give you that opportunity. If you know in your heart, I, 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 I have prayed that, but I've, I've done some crazy living. I've done some things. I've opened myself up to some stuff I'm not proud of. But today, you want the life of God working in your life again. That's called repentance. I, I'm, I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my direction. I'm asking you to come again. Come on, we're talking to you all over the room and online as well. 
So if that's you, when I count to three, you just want to include in that prayer, just lift your hand all over the room. We're going to pray a prayer out loud. This is going to be a spiritual transaction. I say it every Sunday. It's going to happen. A spiritual transaction between God and you. You will be saved. The nature of God will move into your life. All over the room. Come on, you included that. One, two, three. Lift up your hand all over the room. But included that. Awesome. 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 Three, four, five. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for your hands. Father, I pray, come on, for these right now. I pray the power of God working in them right now. I pray the conviction of the Holy Spirit that draws men and women to you, Lord God, starting a new day in their life. Let this be a day of new beginnings, oh God. Let this be a Genesis moment never to have to go back again. That, that they put their hand to the plow, that they're moving forward in the purpose and plan that you have for their life. We, we, we sanctify them, Father, through this prayer. We separate them, Lord God, to your will and your purpose in Jesus' name. Now you that raise your hand and we'll pray with you, pray this prayer with me. Say it out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe in my heart and I say with my mouth, God raised Jesus from the dead. Be my Lord, be my Savior forever and ever. I repent, I change my mind and I change my direction. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and I'll never be the same. Come on, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, amen, amen, amen. Come on, from death to life, from darkness to light, from dead spiritually to alive spiritually, born again. Come on, church, born again. Come on, you're born again. You're brand new. You're not the same anymore. I'm going to think different because I am different. I'm going to do different because I am different. I I'm going to walk different because I am different. Come on. I'm going to pray different. I am different. I'm going to serve different because I am different. Something on the inside, working on the outside. Come on. It's working. It's working. It's working. Feed your spirit. Come on. Feed your spirit. You know, I, I would wonder if, you know, we, 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 could, we could see the x-ray of heaven. If, if we could see the x-ray of heaven in our life today. If we would look and, and, and we were full on the inside. Or are we emaciated on the inside? Are we like skeletons and just there's no substance? Listen, the substance for your life to fulfill the will of God is from the Word of God. Your words were found, Jeremiah says, and I did eat them. I ate them. I read them to the joy and rejoicing of my heart. The Word gives direction, it gives light, it gives answer. Feed on the Word every day. Every day. Read the Word. Think about the Word. Meditate the Word. Apply the Word. Come on, plead the blood of Jesus over situations, right? Come on, be used by God. You're going to start seeing God use you in ways that He hasn't up until now. Because when you're full, your cup can run over.
I don't want just full for me. I need running over to give to somebody else. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on. Raise our hands one more time, then we're going to call it a day. <laughs> come on, it's been good to be in God's house. Amen? Come on, just tell them that. Come on, just tell them that. That's what we do. Thank you, Lord. It's been good to be with you. Come on. Come on, just been, been good to be with you, Father. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. Father, I bless the people of God today. They're blessed coming in. They're blessed going out. They're the head, not the tail. They're above, not beneath. They're blessed, Lord God. Everything they set their hand to do, Lord God, this week, cause divine things to happen. Supernatural favor and increase, oh God. Open doors, Father God. Blessing from heaven. Angelic protection for us and our children and our loved ones, oh God. We thank you. We plead the blood of Jesus. We apply the blood of Jesus over our houses, our transportation, our bodies, our kids, our grandkids, our business, oh God. You're good and you do good. You're watching over the words you're performing and we're th saying thank you, Lord God. Come on, church, one more time. Thank you. Come on, thank you. Thank you. That's what we do. That's what we give you. We give you a sacrifice of praise. We just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, our prayer partners are going to be up here. If we